are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm happy how they did it my uh, two friends of Imperium could give me the farewell what three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island this is what I'm asking wrestling's best in the ring around the ring behind the scenes or behind a microphone I'm Tom Campbell thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing all right, thank you. Um, There was some news last week that lots of people were talking about. I feel like we should address it immediately. Um, Rammstein tickets have gone on sale. Are you going or not? If I get a ticket, I would for sure. Like not not the. uh, I mean, um, I wouldn't. I would lie when I would say I'm a huge fan. But uh, I saw them once on a download festival. Uh, so and they like the the performance they do is amazing. They have such a great show, and uh, so sometimes it's you 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 listen to music and you like it, but uh, after you see the band perform live, you probably get more into a band, or you at all get into a band uh, even before that you you maybe not a fan of it. So when I saw them live, I was kind of like, okay, I definitely have to listen to uh, some more Ramstein. Um, songs and also like uh, it's it's very funny because they do a lot of like the lyrics have always a meaning and it always fits especially like when you know how like uh, like how the living in Germany is so for sure if I would get a ticket yeah is there a particular gig or, or a, a concert now the world is opening back up that you would love to go to uh, especially like uh, all like the concerts where you get like mosh pits in, you know, like hardcore concerts, big fan of uh, like hardcore music. Uh, my favorite band, Stick to Your Guns, Straight from the Path, Terror, etc., etc., etc. Loads of great bands, but that's definitely a thing where I'm really looking forward when uh, you go back to the little venues, not like the big giant concerts, they are not fun as like their little 
you know, venues which maybe get 100 or 150 people in and, you know, everybody's standing around in the middle, you have a pit and people like stage diving and, you know, you go on the stage and just probably the, the front singer gives you the mic and you just, you know, <laughs> screen the lyrics. So that's kind of like my deal. So when that happens again, I will be a happy man. Do you have a favorite mosh pit that you've ever been in? Um, let me think about it. Like the last concert was December 2019. And uh, um, the act was uh, Straight From The Path. It was a funny one. I probably did my first stage dive because uh, sometimes I'm more into the pit and not going out, uh, up on the dive and maybe you didn't get caught. So that was one of my favorites. And because my first stage dive was cool, I kind of like Jeff Hardy swan a bomb on like five people and they caught me well. And then the next next uh, picture, I saw a guy just dropping right on the concrete. And he did kind of like an elbow type of like dive. So he jumped in in the air and like an elbow and he completely dropped. And I tried to turn around and see my best friend I always go to concerts with in Germany and see like, you saw that guy. And then I figured out he wasn't behind me. He was the guy just, you know, taking a bomb on the concrete. You know. okay. <laughs> Do you see that idiot? Oh, wait, you're the idiot. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that was, that was funny though. Um, I, but I remember specifically because it was like kind of a special one and that's, uh, uh always when a hate breed place, hate breed for those guys who don't know hate breed, it's like very, uh, like they've been there since forever and they always have like great music and everything, but those marsh pits are always kind of like, um, it's, it's very brutal. And when you see it, you think like people are crazy doing that and they think, yeah, they punch each other in the mouth and blah, blah, blah. So. Sometimes, you know, you get clocked. Okay, so you, you take it. Otherwise, just get the f*** out. But in that case was every time when a, when a hate breed pit opens, everybody starts moving. Everybody goes crazy. And always, and I mean really always, I've been to three or four hate breed gigs. Every time the biggest guy, like the probably a big fat guy, just comes up and uh, marshes, and then he gets creamed by like a smaller guy. Not not on purpose by accident because you know everybody's throwing fists around everybody like violent dancing right and then every time the big fat guy gets clocked in the face and he gets mad and wants to fight for real and it's always the same the the, the big guy wants to fight for real and gets taken down by the little guy and then gets dragged out by the security guys and it's it's like a choreography it's like kind of like made up like okay now 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 it's the, now it's the cue for the big fat guy comes in and be, being pissed <laughs> that he gets punched in the face so some of the best and wrestling just, storytelling has gone down in a mosh pit. Oh, for sure. For sure. And the best cardio workout as well. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I imagine you saw for the best reasons. Um, oh, that's the best. You, uh, you, you woke up Dubex Dub up a little bit when you had uh, Anis Akei play you to the ring when they first heard Monster yeah. Crazy. Um, because yeah. that, I think I remember you said in an interview, like when you had them playing you to the ring, like in, initially the crowd were a bit like, oh, this is a bit. Uh, this is a bit loud, but, they, but yeah, you can't, was... I can't not hear it and not connect it to you now, Axel. It's 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 an awesome story to tell. Uh, so Eddie's okay. The the former front singer uh, Dave, he he messaged me uh, uh, just a few minutes ago. Um, so he got in contact with me just to give a small like intro via like the song and everything. So and he got in contact with me. So hey man, I'm Dave. Blah blah blah. Uh, just just use our new song just give it a listen and just tell me what you think and 
uh, was probably from the from the LP they brought out. And then um, I was looking for kind of change in my entrance theme because I was uh, turning here on WXW. So I was looking for something which is a little bit more. Uh, so and I was uh, listening to the song Monster Crazy, and then eventually WXW start touring, and then we had uh, some tour stops. And uh, a friend of mine, we kind of like did the the backup organization for a show in Dresden, where I'm from. So in Dresden, in a small building on a Sunday, and you know sometimes it's it's you know you have uh, a building full of wrestling fans. But also in in that town, like people come there because they probably know wrestling from the early 90s. So they kind of like, but older people, you know, grandma, granddad, everything. <laughs> and this music, what Annie is okay plays, not for everybody, like in general, like metalcore and whatever shouting. So a lot of people like it, but a lot of people don't get it and don't like it, of course. So, and then you have this band, they open up and you have to assume like there's a stage and the stage was used for them. The entrance was kind of like a back door and inside the room, inside the venue was the ring. So people sitting with the back towards the band on the stage and especially the rows in the back, they get, they sit right next to the speakers. So they start screaming and people have been like, whoa, what is that? So they've been like, like, like old, like uh, granny and, and grandpa or whatever and like kids and they never hear this music because they probably just listen to pop music or whatever. So they are not familiar with this kind of music and just thought like, what is going on? Like, you see, hats are turning, blah, blah, blah. And then with the entrance, the funny part was that I always have like the beats where you come in, right? And then that's the part where you go on the top and just, you know, raise your hands or you go into the ring and, you know, different like rhythm and everything. And I was used to the rhythm when they played the entrance music by the tape, but I forgot this song was so damn long. And I just went in when they played it live instead of letting them play and then just see a part like maybe one minute before they done with the song, just enter the ring or just enter the venue. I just walked in like it would be on tape. So then I kind of like awkwardly just had to stumble around in the ring and just wait till the song is over because <laughs> I couldn't do like, okay, guys, that's it. So they finished the song and I kind of like, I don't know, when, you, when you, you can watch it on YouTube, you see me like maybe three or four times try to G up the people again, just, you know, <laughs> almost over, give me something. <laughs> so it was fun though. It's one of my bucket list stuff, what kind of like I um, checked for myself because, you know, we got in Kanye and said, hey, uh, you guys want to play? Give me your three songs and uh, you get free pizza. And in that time, they've been that, uh, they had not that much uh, exposure they have right now so i was lucky to get them for free pizza playing uh, at the double show in my hometown um that's absolutely we're going to get into the wrestling in a second but before we do uh, i know you've just taken a call from dave but are you on board with rudy now that he's uh he's replaced dave um to be honest uh i'm very loyal to friends so uh i'm, I'm friends with dave and that was so no that was actually the drummer the former drummer daniel Herman, he and Dave been my been my guys from the from the band because they've been the resting guys and just chatting and been awesome guys and awesome people like them a lot. Um, and always great to see them and hopefully uh, soon I see them again in person. Um, but after Daniel left, it was kind of like, Meh, you know, because you talk with people and you hear some stuff. And then after Dave left, and there's also a funny story about it, um, when he got let's say let go from the band we met before 
we went to dinner uh, um, and just ate and sat and you know had to chat and I said yeah so I have to go now for for the for the for the tour meeting and then they told him hey um doesn't work anymore with us we just you know want to split apart funny enough uh, when I got released I uh, uh, I, I uh, we we had a chat so kind of like we just bring ourselves like in a miserable position that we get <laughs> fired or released or let go whatever Oh, it is, but yeah, no, but now just I'm I'm not into any okay anymore because you know there's some things I I hear and just something where I'm not agreeing and also you know you always I, I believe you always have to get two sides of the story, but uh, you know that one side is enough and not keen to be you know, super super uh, into any okay anymore because uh, you know Dave is my friend and there's yeah. no reason. But it gave you Monster Crazy, which is which is a, a, a massive song yeah. to walk out to, you know. So, I mean, not any, not not anymore, but uh, it's okay. I wouldn't uh, use it anymore. No, like but it was time. of a it was of a moment, wasn't it? It was of a time. Oh yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was still great, great. Great song, great LP, great music in general. So woke all the people up. Um, we're going to talk about some of your favorite wrestling matches because we're going to send you onto a proverbial desert island, and to, with that, you'll take uh, a DVD featuring three wrestling matches that you love. Uh, wrestling matches mm-hmm. from across the decades, across the promotions that that always okay. inspire you, make you passionate about wrestling again, make you fall in love with wrestling all over again, or have some uh-huh. significance to them. So, what would you like your first match to be, Axel? Um, it's probably the I Quit match WrestleMania 13 between Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's the first one because it always pops in my head when I think about favorite matches. That's right there. Uh, then I have to think, um, I would go because that was such a mind blowing match for me. I think it was TNA turning point, a triple threat be- between Samoa Joe, Edge Size, and Christopher Daniels. Because that is, I, I loved uh, um, TNA in that time. And it was such a great era, like X Division, when you had like guys like Edge and Samoa Joe when he had this run there, and Chris Saban, always uh, uh, for me, an all time great. So like all like the exhibition, that was pretty influential for me and for my career. Because then I, for example, Samoa Joe, like uh, a guy like that stature, that size, that heavy, can move like a freaking butterfly. So okay, cool. So I can do it too. So you know, pretty motivated. Um, so with the third one, ugh. I would say. So it's kind of a split. But because it was right after each other, so I would say WrestleMania 15, Steve Austin against The Rock. But even the match after on the Backlash pay-per-view was quite more intense, if that mm. makes sense. But it's kind of like, I see matches like those, like this match and then the rematch on the next pay-per-view. The next one was like more fun, but like because it was the prestige of WrestleMania, and I'm a, I'm a Steve Austin fan, and he won there, and I love the match. As a like watching it as a as a 13 year old, 12 year old kid, uh, that that made my day. So, so the yeah. Austin the Austin Hart I Quit match. Let's go back to that one. So you've been an Austin fan all your life. Uh, why yeah. why why Steve Austin? Um, so Austin fan all my life would be a, a, a wrong statement. Um, when I started watching wrestling, it was uh, 1993. My first big pay-per-view I watched was WrestleMania 9. Still one of my favorites. Even... Oh, nice. Yeah. A lot, that gets Dallas a lot of grief, that pay-per-view. It gets a lot of grief. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Even if it gets a lot of, like, you know, like the, the, the stories and everything. But that was 
like my first pay-per-view I watched, and I, I loved like all the babies. I like Bret Hart, amazing how we fought Yokozuna, and um, totally like into the whole like wrestling is real, right? A Hulk Hogan, what a hero, blah blah blah. Undertaker, wow, he's amazing. So, so in that kind of like those three figures being cool, especially Undertaker in that time, because like the, the he was so mysterious and like, he's, he's a bad man and blah blah blah. Um, I liked all this like spooky stuff and everything, and he was right into that ballpark where I think, oh, cool, there's a character. But then um, I think for no uh, '94, uh, I stopped watching because school time and you know they they broadcasted very late, so I had to go to bed. Blah blah blah. And then around 2000, I just picked it back up with the Royal Rumble, which is one of my favorite pay-per-views uh, as well. But at that time, Austin wasn't very present, so it was more The Rock and Triple H, and that was one of the best feuds ever, uh, in my opinion. And I remember that uh, still to, to this day, I was catched again, like right into it. And I was always a WWE or a WWF guy in that time. Never liked WCW, so it was all for me that. And then they had like one angle with, with, with Austin on Backlash where he came back, kind of. And then when he came back later, I was like, oh, I remember that guy because I saw some, some TV tapings before Rumble 98 where he stunned everybody. And that was kind of, that stuck in my head. And then I kind of completely like, okay, Austin, he's the guy. And I like him because he's very authentic. Because when I met him, like sometimes you say, don't never meet your idols because you get disappointed. He disappointed at all. He was like, he is, he's, he's you know, he's real. You know, probably not fl flicking you off and stunts everybody and hitting somebody with a chair or whatever. But he is um, the guy you see on television. And, you know, you can see that, you can feel that. And I think that's a part of his success that he played himself just a little bit, you know, um, you know, with a turn up swag when he was a little bit more over his natural persona. Yeah, so they always say turn was... it up to 11, don't they? They say personalities yeah. up to 11, and Austin was always one of yeah. those. Uh, you say when you met him, well, did you guys get a chance to chat much? Did you talk about things? Uh, a funny story, though. It was my first WrestleMania access, and uh, we just arrived with an NXT bus, and I saw him uh, far away talking with uh, Kevin Owens, and I was just, you know, standing there drinking coffee. Uh, didn't want to creep you know, on him, like, blah, blah, blah. And then I saw him, okay, he's done talking with him. So I walked straight up to him because, you know, that was the chance. I, I, you know, sometimes you lose a chance to do something. And then that part was, okay, now or never. And I had also a funny story to tell. And, and I knew, okay, he, as a podcaster, he's always interested in, like, stories. So, and then I walked up to him straight up, good handshake, proper handshake, blah, blah, blah and just talk with him and he was very open and blah 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 and you know the way he is i like, kind of like hey kid what, what, how are you blah 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 and just introduce myself and ask him if he has some time because i want to ask him about the story and in the end just it was cool like he, he he asked me some questions and you know been been very very uh open to talk so a lot of times you have this kind of like ah oh, not now or whatever and then i kind of like ask him hey i don't want to bug you but um I, I, I not fanboyed him or I tried it <laughs> and it's always hard like as a, as a, as a, as a, as a fan to not suck up, you know, so, Oh, you create this and just match blood. Cause it's, it's, it's something you probably shouldn't do. Cause it's, I don't know. It's, 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 I believe it's wrong. Um, so I kind of like told him in, you know, a side sentence that I had a lot of posts of him cause I was a, you know, 
huge fan of. And then in the end, I kind of asked him, hey, if you don't mind, um, I would like to get a photo with you, but, you know, don't be bothered right now or anything. You probably will see us again over the four days. Um, but if you don't mind, you know, I would li like to have one. And he said, yeah, why not? Just, just catch me when you see me, blah, blah, blah. And then the next day, I just had another little chat with him. And then, oh, yeah, that's a good one. So I did not uh, uh, saw him on WrestleMania day. And then had he like the surprise appearance with HBK and Mick Foley, where he uh, stunned uh, uh, New Day and stunned Rusev and blah, 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 all those guys. And when he dislocated his rotator cuff. Mm. Yes, I remember, so, I remember this. Yeah, I didn't, it was, it, it, you couldn't tell when it was all going on. But yeah, exactly. he did himself an injury that cool. day. He's like, no, I'm not showing it. But he was legit hurt. So, but no, nobody knew because he didn't show it off. So in the end was for me, like, I saw him after that backstage and I kind of like ran up to him, like to just to call him because his bad motherfucker walk, you know, he walks backstage probably pain as hell in his shoulder and he's not, you know, flinching once kind of, or he's not like making any move of like, ah, and I went up to him and he looked pissed, but not like pissed because he's angry because he was in pain probably again nobody knew i didn't know and i asked him hey um are you later at the after show party i said no we'll not go okay uh so probably we're, i i will not see you tomorrow or so but would you mind doing the picture right now he said yes yeah, yeah okay fine took oh. my phone just one of the stuff guys hey come over here take some pictures of us and he took the picture and i i still have the picture and um it's such an amazing picture because um the picture is it, it describes how cool he is, even with a fucked up shoulder, and he's probably in pain like 100%. He still takes the time and, and uh, you know, just, he promised me to take a picture of him. He did it, and that's, that's a cool story to tell, and that is kind of, for me, like, um, an impression I will never forget of him. That's a, that's a cool, cool story for myself, you know, because oh, always, yeah. like, idolize and blah, 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 so that I have the experience, like, to, to can tell the story. I'm very grateful. That's amazing. That's amazing. So it's no doubt, not obvious why he's two of your three matches, you know, a, a guy like that. Uh, but with the wrestling scene, as you were getting back into it, so you're in, you're a fan in 93, you dipped out and you sort of came back sort of around the, the attitude era. So as you were growing up in Germany, as you, as you were coming through in Germany, what was the wrestling scene like then? It was nothing. They Like the German wrestling scene in the 80s and 90s was very big with all the tournaments and everything. Uh, and then after that business came down, and I think it was because wrestling got too much exposed of, uh, you know, uh, everything is fake. And I do not know how it is in Britain, for example, but German people are very like, oh, it's not real. So I, I, I don't believe it. I don't want to watch it. It's, it's fake anyway. You know, still watching stuff like, you know, Germany's next top model, whatever, which is all casted and all like scripted, but you know. Uh, I don't want I don't want to watch fake wrestling. So and that was in that time because you know everybody believed like beginning of the nineties that's real, and then they got the message about hey it's scripted. Um, so the scene was very low. Some some promotions promoted, but like with guys who kind of like lived through the whole uh, ECW gear uh, era. So everybody had like cut up jeans, and you know everybody looked like a mix of Raven and. Uh, the crow and whatever so and you have a lot of like characters there but like most importantly non-professional people 
with um in in the late 90s you you had two german stars on the main wrestling shows you had alex wright on wcw and yep. for the attitude era in the wwf you had Bracus. um wh- what is your experience if any of of Bracus representing germany in the wwf I... May have come and gone. By that. I think it was 95 or something, if I'm not mistaken. Was, and I it, totally skipped that year. Because it was whenever they ran shows in Germany, you would, that would where they would bring, that would, they, they sort of wheel out Bracus and he'd pick up a big win over uh, over someone like a Jeff Jarrett and then be away yeah. again. But that was kind of all the representation there was. I mean, did you did you feel like there was a chance for you to, to work in the WWF at that point with the, with the representation oh, no. being so thin? At, at that point, uh, 2000. Mm. No, I was 13 and I was a total fanboy. And uh, I started training, actually. I started training uh, wrestling in 2000 because I, I had enough with, with uh, football, played a little bit in a football club, and then, uh, you know, stopped being a fan of that because I was annoyed of all, like, the tradings and everything because I didn't understand the business of it, you know. I was a big Borussia Dortmund fan. And then everybody left the club and was like, why? You know? So at 13 years old, as a, as a fanboy at 13, as you say, what was it that made you decide that you wanted to learn to wrestle? Um, it's just like the, that was the thing. I, it's like in that age, you, you, you see what they do and you try to copy and, you know, paste it. And, you you know, you have your friends and you start like wrestling around, stuff like this. And then you try it out in the school and, you know, you get in trouble for that and blah 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 and then um one at that time one of my best schoolmates uh he he got asked by by two two guys uh who, who've been a part of that wrestling club hey uh we heard from uh, from the other guy that you're a wrestling fan you want to you want to try it you want to train and then yeah can i bring a friend so yeah cool bring him so he brought me we both together for training and we fell in love right away because it was fun though and also it was they, they, they taught us some basics, like, you know, the bumps and everything and blah, blah, blah. But we kind of, like, been so much into it, like, even, like, trying out in, like, at home on, on the couch or whatever, that we already had something down, you know, so. And it was nothing really big professional. It was just, like, some guys, they learned from some other guys from seminars, and they, they rented out the school. They opened up a, um, and, and, and club. In, in Germany and in Germany, uh, you when you register your club by the government, they help you out with the finances, so you don't have to pay a lot of money for renting uh, the sport venue or something. So, and you go just to the place and just say hey, we want to rent out this uh, this venue or like this hall of like from from uh, from school for two hours on on Saturdays to say yeah cool you you club blah blah blah. So the rent is out was not it's not expensive. And on those jumping mats, on those, you know, when you do like all the athletic stuff, blah, 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 they kind of built like up a, a square. And then on there, you, you know, you, you do like the wrestling stuff. So, um, but it was good to do the first steps into it. And then we did some shows in, in Dresden, like some guys from Berlin came down and, you know, like the little wrestling scene again, where everybody was kind of like looking like, you know, ECW like. You know, with jeans and everything, uh, and just had some shows and was some fun times, like to, to get into it, to see how like people do it and blah blah blah, and then you know picked it up with just getting some bookings out of uh, my 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 state, going up to Berlin somewhere there, doing this and doing that, and then 
I think around 2016, I, I decided to go to Berlin, where GWF is, and they offered like professional wrestling training by uh, two guys, Ahmed Chen and Crazy Sexy Mike. They still run the school, um, and they kind of like brought me into professional wrestling. They brought me into their okay, those are the bigger indie shows in Germany and this is uh, the main promotion in France and this is how you kind of like, this is the business of professional wrestling and, you know, with, with, the, with the wages and how you kind of like behave and all that stuff. And it's funny though that sometimes some people need a, like a wrestling coach to tell you how to behave because, you know, the household is probably not as good. But you know, stuff like this was kind of like very like shaping my life. Uh, not that I didn't know how to behave. Uh, first of all, my, my parents uh, raised me well. And also I had, before I went to GWF, I served two years in the German army. So I knew about doing this, you know. So it was it was a great experience. But like in those six years, kind of like to have the step one till like going into more into the professional wrestling scene which also like build it up in that time between 2000, 2006, you had like companies like growing like WXW and you had like GSW, German Stampede Wrestling. They had also like big shows where they had like big names on it, like HS Styles or some other like US fly-ins and you know, it, it got bigger. So 2005-ish, it got bigger from year after year after year after year. And then until WXW, for example, did last year three days of 16 carat with more shows around those three days and every show had like over a thousand people in the venue you know it's just how how it feels like it grew very quickly and uh, once yeah. the ball got rolling um you, yeah. you mentioned it briefly there i just want to quickly touch on it um what role did you have in the german army oh i uh it was kind of like a scouter and safety uh uh soldier if that's the right uh, uh translation for it it's like mm-hmm. Just easy translation, but it was like scout stuff, you know, but it was a little bit infantry, but it was not in the infantry. It was at the, oh God, I can tell you in German right away, but I have to how make it understand. So you have uh, three groups, right? You have uh, infantry, you have the airborne and you have the, um, on the sea. The Navy? Marine. The Navy? Navy. Navy. So, and on like in the airborne division, you have it's not like the guys who just always fly. You also have like a mix of like infantry airborne. They do more like um, office stuff and you know like all the strategic stuff. And from that division, there was a group uh, which was a little bit more infantry based, and I was a part of it. So we kind of like we we did the shootings for um, all the soldier. We did like all like this you know, barbed wire stuff and whatever. So we, we've been kind of like the, the, the person for everything, but the major uh, description was kind of like the scout. So we went out and just seen like, okay, this is the place where I can build the next place for a checkpoint or something. But it was like German army is not like the British army or like uh, uh, the uh, US army, for example. German army could be like this and you have like different parts of it. But the majority of that, when you when you be recruited and after that you spend their time, it can be totally like crazy that you are in a lot of like uh, practice stuff and you know a lot of missions. And can also be you get drunk every Thursday. So <laughs> depends what you want. You know? Is it something that potentially you would have made a career out of, or was it always just something you were going to do for a short while? 
No, I, I, I was there for two years and I could have decided to go longer, go like for four years. And after that, you probably go for eight years and 12 years, depends. But I, I decided to uh, go for wrestling. That was my thing. Stay longer in the army or just all in with uh, professional wrestling. And luckily, I choose right. It took you, as you were saying, uh, you saw German wrestling expand as you were there. You mentioned there AJ Styles. AJ Styles in one of your three matches. You mentioned AJ Daniels and Samoa Joe from Unbreakable 2005. Um, With that match, with your second match, um, what is it about that match that that really stands out? Is there a spot, a moment in that match that you still love to this day? Um, I remember they, and I haven't seen it before, they use kind of like the... I catch this one guy here, I catch this one guy there, and I go down and do two different moves at the same time. That was something where I said, wow, that's possible? And, uh, like, everything on that match, like, I haven't watched it in a while, but now probably we'll watch it back again. But I remember when I watched it the first time, and it was that time where kind of, like, internet got faster and you could, like, download stuff because otherwise you wouldn't know where to get, like, a DVD from something. So a friend of mine, he gave it to me. When I watched it, I was like, well, that match. And um, also, like, I, I loved in that time all three individual competitors. And I always loved, like, watching the matches from TNA, from our age. like, And that was kind of, like, this new breed of wrestling where I thought, like, wow, this is possible because... I just watched WWE and, you know, there's a different kind of like style of wrestling in there, blah, blah, blah. But it was not like WWE, like it was more about the wrestling than the storytelling. And that was what got me into, because I, I see wrestling as a sport. Uh, of course, it's entertainment. But for me, first, it's a sport because you have to be an athlete to do that. You have to be, uh, you know, you have to be uh, in, a, in a physical shape to, to, to compete. And the, the word is compete. So for me, it was always like matches like this. And uh, even like with the experience of having matches like this, uh, after that amount of time, it's it's very like, it brings you to a point where you really have to, to you know, to go hard or go home. So, and seeing that was totally like for me, mind blow because again, you see like all like the great matches, like in that time WWE had, and then you saw that and you think like, Wow, how is that even possible? And also, how long are they wrestling? They're still going? So it was very inspiring and very like uh, influential for me. A lot of people draw comparisons in terms of that style and that energy uh, from the X Division title with the WXW Shotgun title, uh, a title which, I, am I right in thinking you've held longer than anybody else? Is that still, no, think... that still your title? Is that still your, are you still number one there, sir? Have you been clicked? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I felt like you had um, it for a long, long time. <laughs> I had it for a long time, but I think uh, that record uh, got uh, somebody else now. I'm not sure. I never lost the title. I vacated it. Well, there you go. There's there's something. Hey, just there's something in that. But then with with that with that title with your time in WXW, I know we're sort of rushing, we're breezing through your time uh, in the German in- industry, but. Like you were the unified champion, and you put it on the line against some of the best in, in Europe and beyond. Volta, Absolute Andy, Carsten Beck, uh, Tommy End in there as well. Is there a match for you that stands out from your 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 incredible run as part of WXW? Um, 
that's a, probably a lot of matches which I liked. I, I liked the matches, me against Eddie Edwards. We had two matches. One was 2011, and it was the first time we were working, and we just beat the shit out of each other. But in a, in a very cool cool way, because Eddie is a hard-hitting guy. Such a great, such a great wrestler. And like what I liked about him, he, he's like, he was always like, he didn't knew me, but he kind of like trusted me in the way of, like, okay, he gave me a lot of stuff. He gave me a lot of chance like to compete with him. And the other one was when I was champion and uh, I had a match with him. And that was one of those matches I was really like um, exhausted afterwards. Like maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And same as the first one, just really destroyed. But I was, I felt really exhausted after that. And that's something what I like because, you know, it's like being proud of hard work. Um, otherwise, uh, there was also a match against David Richards, which I had, which was uh, also in that time on my bucket list because he was also one of the guys I was really like watching into um, or into it watching him. Um, but I always liked the matches against Walter because they are real as it gets. And he's he's a real deal, um, but in general, like also with 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 uh, Tommy Ann, Alistair Black, was always cool. Uh, Bad Bones always had a good chemistry with him, and he's a great wrestler, of course. Um, yeah, so many good matches. We had Bad Bones on this show a short while ago, and uh, yeah, it was not long. Um, we spoke not long after the passing of uh, of Carsten Beck, Gurkha Act, mm. and uh, he shared some memories that he had with Beck. I don't know whether you have any uh, stories of because of Carsten Beck because he's one of those guys that if, criminally outside of Europe should be uh, uh, should be more talked about, like a guy that was had such yeah. charisma and such energy in the ring, mm. and it's a shame that like more only people discover him after he's away. Yeah, you know. Um. I think in that time when when he when he had like his his peak, there wasn't a lot of like outside wrestling because I remember when I left 2015, for us was just WXW and nothing else because we had so much work. And I think when and the, this this big boom in in Britain happened. When was that? 2016, I guess. When progress went went nuts and all the other promotions up there just you know a lot of people came and they made all a good business. So I think. It was a little bit then too late for him because if I remember correctly, he was still wrestling there and then he had uh, the battle with cancer. But I remember Carson also uh, always as, as, a, as, a, as a funny guy, but not as a funny guy with, hey, I, I tell you a joke, but he was like this like sinister funny guy because he was like very sarcastic and uh, uh, he was very like, I don't know, he was the guy who would like make fun of you for tripping. You know, but like in a funny way, not really in a in a in a in a mean way. So, but for him, what I really um, like the way he came up. You know, the way he started in the West Side Dojo, he started under a mask, Diego Latino, and then he involved himself in his character, in his in his own character, in his like this is me, this is Carson Beck. He started probably as a baby face, didn't work. So then he became this this asshole heel. And that was the self, like, he kind of, like, played himself in a, a lot of ways, just, you know, like I said, turn up to 11. And a lot of people, they got so mad about him, and especially in those town shows when we, you know, like, we had those big shows in Oberhausen and whatever, like, those bigger towns. But when we went to the smaller town shows to, like, the, you know, 
the village people living there and they just, you know, think it's real. They get pissed off so quick and not a lot of wrestling fans, like, like, you know, like scene fans in there. They know the chance, whatever, just really regular wrestling fans. And you always had them like this. And they've been so mad about him and just made the baby face the work so easy. And also he was very good in uh, working with younger talents, you know, and just giving them something where they look good and everything. So he was very smart in the way like he did his stuff and how he kind of like got up. And rightfully so, you know, you, we talk about him in, in a positive way. Uh, Dub X Dub still part of uh, of the WWE Network. It's um, it's mm-hmm. it's been part of the, the the circulation for the last couple of months now. It's great to see it back as part of the network. Is there anybody on that roster uh, for WXW that we should be keeping an eye on, Axel? Um. Because there's some big names. Like I know that you obviously with Ring Camp, you have a, a wonderful association with uh, with Killer Kelly, who is 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 a, a beast. And I think the, one of those is definitely going to be somebody that, to watch going forward. But I was curious if there was other people. Um, shame on me. I'm not so much aware of the current roster. I just see it sometimes, but because I I try to stay as much as possible away from social media. But because mm-hmm. I'm not. And now I have to use it more. So I'm kind of like forced to be more on social media, but I hate social media. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't that much aware. I saw they had some new faces and a lot of talented people. But if really like to say you should keep an eye on this guy, I really have to watch it. You know, I would like straight out of my head, I would say uh, Mario Sayani because he's always a great performer. And he, he's, a, he's a true athlete and really like a hard competitor. Um, but otherwise, I have to see who's there and how like the stand is because, um, you know, a lot of times you get you get lost in the shuffle and then you don't uh, evolve and you don't progress. And you think because people give you props of, hey, that was a good match. You don't have to work hard on your, you know, so and it becomes so, and that's that's the curse of, of wrestling in general, that people who think they made it, they kind of like loosen up and, you know, it happens to everybody, I guess, happens to everyone in the wrestling scene, happened to me as well. So, you know, to see what's up there. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you're part of WWE, there's two factions that people talk about. Uh, we're going to touch on those. Uh, they're going to touch on Sanity and Imperium. Uh, with Sanity, um, how involved were you in the, the creation of, of that and the early conversations that formed that group? Um... I wasn't involved at all. It was um, back in the day with Sawyer Fulton. They put us together as a tag team and they told us, hey, uh, there's something in plan. We cannot tell you what and, you know, what we do, but just, you know, be ready and you guys will be a part of that. That was the mention to us from creative to talent. Then um, EY showed up and then they put us together. They kind of like, hey, guys, this is Eric. Eric, this is, uh, excellent uh jake uh so you guys are now together so you guys doing this group thing blah 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 and they told us like hey uh hunter wants to have like the smoking aces three punk uh nazi guys you know they go in with guns blazing and you know uh stuff like this so he apparently he liked the movie and he liked those guys so he wanted to have a group like those maniacs and then we tried to create it, blah, blah, blah. And it, it was kind of like the thing, like smoking aces. And we tried to create like a little bit kind of like a knockoff outfit. But then it turned out a little bit more like the Wasteland Mad Max stuff. There's still always shown this one old picture from a European tour where I have this gray jacket with like the stuff on, which is super old, but they still use it. Um, so that was kind of the experience. But then when they debut us, they told us like, hey, uh, you got a fourth member. No, actually, Nikki Cross came up top and uh, uh, come. God, I lose my English. Nikki Cross came uh, up to us and it kind of like you know stand in front of us and say, "Yeah, I'm now part of the group." And we go, "Yeah, let's go, Nikki, come in." We started joking, so no, seriously, I'm I'm part of the group now. We go, "Really cool," because we just toured. I, I toured with her anyway, and she's been big, uh, big like you know, um, we've just been good friends and still like uh, very good friends to this day. So I was very happy with that decision. And that was the the, the sugarcoating for the whole group because that was something new, right? So then we figured out, okay, this is the outfit, blah, 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 blah. And we got like the thumbs up by, by Hunter. And we did the debut, yeah. But afterwards was a little bit weird because uh, as it is, they kind of like let make you a mistake and then, you know, polish the diamond a little bit more. Um, so they, they kind of, I got the instruction, yeah, don't, don't be, don't be too much wrestling. Just be more like, you know, psychopath, like blah, blah, blah. But it's hard to do this in a PG product. You cannot go full psychopath, full anarchy, full. We had a lot of great ideas, like with like, you know, especially when you see riots and everything. And that's basically also for some, some of the group, like part of, of, of their, of their history, like here today, you know, with like all the Irish stuff. And, um, I've just been through some times where I had like some demonstration rights as well. So just, you know, I know how that feels. And like, I, um, when you watch videos, so we pitched a lot of that, but unfortunately didn't came through or just wasn't having it. So, yeah, but in the end was kind of like, they gave us a canvas with like an outlining and we just, you know, painted ourselves and then they liked it. Or if they didn't like it, they gave us a new one and just, we you know, corrected it. So you got, but when when the call up happened, uh, it seems like a weird question to ask. But how surprised were you when 
they could have went, nah. well, that's it now. That's that's all. Felt like you'd barely sort of, you'd barely painted on the canvas at this point, Axel. Like you'd, you'd got some amazing outlines in and you'd started colouring, but yeah. it felt like there was more to come. And so did that disbanding come as a surprise? Not really, because uh, we recognised that kind of like creative is, is not doing anything with us, but it, it didn't make sense at that time because we we've been one of the hottest acts on nxt in that time especially after the war games match and after war games match it was kind of like you know they dropped the ball with it but it wasn't because we did something wrong it was because they planned to move us up and um as we as we got told like uh, that uh, vince mcmahon got the list of names and he said this 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 and then he he decided kind of like it's just us three and without nikki but also because um, Nikki was staying in NXT to kind of like keep the women's division strong. So that was like uh, such a weird part. And that also took like the joy away from getting called up because it was very weird. It was kind of like, hey, guys, you get a call to SmackDown. And it was kind of, yes, finally, because, you know, you start in NXT and they always tell you, hey, this is the main goal. You want to go up there. You want to go on the road. You want to, you know, make the money up there. So it kind of like, yes, main roster. Awesome. Smackdown, cool. Let's go. Oh, without Nikki, fuck that. So mm. it was pretty. Eh. God damn it! Like you say, she was the sugar coating, and they're they're taking the coating off, just as that. There's yeah. there's a, there's yeah. a lot there's a lot of people um that have come through, that, that almost say that the the call up process is is kind of cursed at the, this point. Is do you feel yeah. like that's the case, or do you feel like it's just it's it's a case of right? You've got to be right place, right time. Yeah, I mean, it's you have to figure it out. That's the thing. Like John Cena said once, and this is, is also a thing what stuck in my head. You 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 cannot you cannot uh, moan and and, and cry. So I want to be champion. This is this because it's not in your hand. You only can control the controllable, and you only should try to control the controllable. Um, I, I see it from a lot of like talent perspectives that they probably get called up and get dropped like a hot potato speaking from experience, but there's so much negativity about, um, I, and I get it. I totally get it. I get that fans are pissed off about that because their favorite star from NXT had the chance to go up on, on national television to Raw SmackDown and then is not getting used. Like it used, uh, they get used on NXT, but I see it like this. NXT is a total different uh, brand than Raw and SmackDown. NXT is more about rest. Stills entertainment stills on WWE compiler, but two different pair of shoes. Um, and speaking from experience, like it's it's in NXT, you have maybe you have one head writer, you have Hunter, you have uh, uh, HBK, then you have some other creative guy, but the, the, you have maybe two handful of people who take care of the business. In the main roster, you have this times five or times three. I don't know how many people work there, but. Uh, you see so many new writers, you see so many new people, and you have so many different agents, and blah, 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 blah. In the end, it's like, uh, try to do that, what kind of like makes Vince McMahon happy, because it's his, his company. Um, sometimes people have the power to change the product, as we can see, and I know they, uh, they are very high on social media, so they, they see, okay, what is hot right now? Whatever, I don't know, hashtag, give, blah, 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 a chance, or whatever, like stuff like this. So they react to that when and, uh, enough numbers are behind that. So 
And you don't know really what happens if you're not inside and if you're not really uh, one of the decision makers. So it's easy to say, yeah, they all like, you know, it's a curse to get called up. But let's use, for example, uh, Finn Balor. Like he had a great career in, in the main roster. Even like, you know, he was unlucky with the shoulder, then came back. He always was used. He was used on every show. Like the only thing what you see is television, but you know, all like the house shows around when they tour around the world, used on every uh, event, um, making a lot of good money uh, b because you know of, of uh, merchandise and appearances, yada yada yada. So that's success. Mm -hmm. This is success, uh, and a lot of people don't see that because they don't go to every house show. They cannot see what's going. Uh, what's going on behind the curtain you just see what you see on the telly so and then it's also you don't have a lot of time so you have like the three hours but you have commercials and sometimes it's it's so stacked and you want to give their time and this time and blah 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 and they 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 rewrite the show blah 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 so it's a lot of stuff but you have to you have to figure out how much time you use for this part can you save that for the next week or can you you know there's a story coming, but we cannot do it now because right now the focus is on that story. So we cannot use this two talents to go into a story because it would not benefit uh, their work because everybody is now looking on that story. So it's a lot of like puzzle pieces and it's like a Rubik's cube and it's, it's very hard and a lot of people don't, don't know that. So it's easy to say, oh, it's a curse when you get called up. And also you need to get in touch or you need to kind of like build up a relationship with Vince McMahon. That's one of the things I failed with uh, or we failed with because he wasn't that much around. And then when he was around, it was kind of like, it was quite hard to talk to him because he was always super busy. He always takes his time to speak to his talent and I had the chance to speak with him twice. But it, it was in a weird time where um, it, it was kind of like, you know, the, the, they always dropped the ball with us that's what i felt you know so we started and they told us okay uh, they have a lot of plans for you and it took too much time and then two or three months later you know they dropped the ball because you know it, it wasn't the right time for that and that's always a big big part of resting the right time the right moment it has to fit it has to you know fit in and yeah so with a lot of nxt guys they come up there they have their name because they've been successful in nxt that's why they got called up. And then sometimes it does not work out. In our case, was Sanity wasn't a good fit for, for the main roster. Look at was, the stuff with what they do with rep, uh, Retribution. You had so much potential in that stuff, and then they, they totally screwed it up because they they needed to, to, to reinvent it and everything, you know? So, did you feel like that, that Retribution uh, angle would have fitted so beautifully with what you were doing with Sanity? And yeah, it, it, I, that's why I mentioned this. That's why I mentioned it because uh, I was thinking about my time in SmackDown when Retribution came and said, oh, that's, that's a lot of stuff what we wanted to do. But it wasn't possible at that time or maybe it was too much money to whatever, crash a window or whatever. And so, and then I saw, oh, so you can do it up there. But then I saw kind of like they started good with it and then I kind of like, you know, lose, lose um, details on it. And you see all this like different guys and different, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, different shapes of people. So you, you could see it's not the same. It's like people are looking on that. People are really like into details. So it, it's weird. It's weird. But again, 
you cannot control that. That's up to the guys who will make the decisions. And if, if NXT talents come up to, to the main roster, they have to give their best. And I'm sure everybody gave their best to kind of like get into that rhythm and get into that system. Yeah. Did you ask some of your, some of those concerns with Vince in the two conversations that you had, or were they sort of just sort of lighthearted, lighthearted sort of catch yeah. up? Hey, how are you, pal? Type conversation. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it's kind of like, uh, uh, hey, how are you, blah blah blah. And I, at the first meeting, I think it was the second meeting. I don't remember, but like the the meeting I remember was uh, was probably just six months in already. I just went to him and said, hey, I feel I never had the chance to introduce myself, so I want to introduce myself. So I introduced myself, blah blah blah, and I I I asked him for like like. In that time, there was, I think, a little issue with like passing on the, the creative ideas from talents to writers, and they pass it on into the meetings to the head writers to you know the decision makers. So, and I asked him for like, hey, uh, can you hear me out for like, there's an idea we have um, for like using social media because we understand that two hours of SmackDown, um, you know, minus commercial enough get there but we have social media like we have channels and we know stuff because you know it's the modern day of uh big tech and everything so we kind of pitch an idea that we kind of like do more social media with a little little snippets and when they are like good that they put them on television because that character of uh or the characters of sanity do not have to go into a wrestling match and just you know lock up and try fancy chain wrestling for us, it was important to get at least a little bit airtime to uh, establish, uh, establish the character. So, for example, let me dance around uh, a burning a trash can or something and just laugh crazy and just do my mosh pit stuff. You know, so that's everything what you have to see, like crazy guy at the burning trash can. What what the hell? Just so stuff like this. Or let us throw, let us start a riot. Let us uh, be like fire starters in like a, a skip where like some people like starting to fight each other and we cause the chaos for that stuff like this, you know? And then EY had a great idea about like uh, doing something with social media that the fans can decide who we fight next. So in the way of like, Hey, you have your three choices, you know, and the choice is up to you who we will purge, for example, or uh, there's this thing like what you want to do that sanity does next and then three options i don't know let the car on fire uh whatever like um, destroy uh vince's office or something like this where we kind of like uh, get this little airtime but also get the fans involved on social media so and he listened to me and blah 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 but probably for me it's like um i probably my my english is okay but it wasn't like that much. And also you may be a little bit nervous, you know what I mean? Because you stand in front of uh, uh, the boss. So, right? And then you probably, okay, awesome. So uh, you have the contact of your of your writer, right? So pitches to him and make sure he, he brings it up to me again. Because it's the thing you have to be prepared when you go in his office. And if you talk with him about the topic, he maybe lose after five minutes, uh, like, you know, He's not listening anymore, probably, because when it takes so long. So you have to maybe go in and just, and that's something what I got in, as an advice afterwards, just have a concept, just go in, hey, look at this picture or see this video or I try, I filmed something. So how do you like this? So you can 
sometimes uh, it, it's 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 not a good way to to have a too long conversation with somebody because after a while you, you're just fried. Yeah. It's it's a case of just kind of getting in there with the with the with the pitch very yeah. quickly. This is what I want. Here's a picture of how to look. Any questions um, <laughs> as quick yeah. and succinct and as possible. And that's the experience you have to make. So you cannot blame Vince McMahon. You cannot blame the company. You mm. always have to blame uh, blame you first, right? And um, how do we learn learn through mistakes? And you have to do mistakes to get better. And you have to do mistakes uh, mistakes to uh, you know. Just, just grow in 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 that part of your job. Mm. Despite um, despite sanity coming to an end, it must have been nice to reunite with Big Daddy Walter, and oh, yeah. you, you guys hang out again. That's as an old name, Big Daddy Walter. Big Daddy Walter. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it was cool. I I remember they had um, they had the 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 draft coming up, and um, I got I got. Um, appearances for NX UK and I was asking uh, Triple H about it and just what's that all about he said yeah uh, don't like that you guys sitting around here do nothing I want to use it for NXT so uh, big demo came day and he went back to NXT US and they brought me together with my old friends from WXW which was sweet as sugar amazing uh, with we saw just as you were kind of getting into it, the, the the pandemic hit. We were seeing undisputed era and Imperium uh, in this worlds collide war. Um, yeah. I don't know how much you can tell me. I don't know how much was mapped out. But had the world not caught fire, Axel, uh, what would we have seen from Imperium over like the last twelve months? Do you know? Uh, I know quite the plans. They were. Uh, they they had plans, and uh, it, it was probably something cool. So. Yeah, but not happen. Uh, but um, I don't know if I if I if I if I if I can tell the plans. If I should, if I not, maybe another time. But That's that was fine. something planned. But I'm like I, I I believe when I when I tell this what was planned, I kind of like will will uh, will make people sad or I don't know like so oh, that would be great blah blah blah. But like you know. Uh, when the pandemic hits, nobody knew what, what is coming. So we all had to get, you know, adjusted to the situation. Even right now, a lot of things happen, which which are crazy. And uh, yeah, they made the best out of it. Everybody made the best out of it. Everybody, you know, just went through this uh, with, um, you know, I, like it, it was, it was, it was quite an interesting time because we had to figure out what is next. So I was sitting at home for six weeks. No, yes, uh, for, for, for six months and still got paid four months. So, you know, I'm very grateful for that. And then they decided like, okay. so we did like virtual Zoom meetings where we got an email before with some matches and it was like the, the UK guys. So all like uh, NXT UK had to had to watch some old school British round matches and stuff like this to be familiar with round systems and be familiar with like the art of uh, the professional wrestling in Britain at that time in the 80s and 70s and 90s. Um, and then we kind of like met at Zoom and it was cool like to you know chat around just you know talk about a little bit wrestling and for some people they've been isolated so long and I was lucky enough that in, in Germany it was fine you know we just. You know, they just told us, hey, be smart, quarantine yourself if you want, keep a distance, whatever. And just, you know, wear a mask in the supermarket, nothing else. 
Um, but like with the guys in Britain, they just had to. There was a lockdown, right? Yeah, we had, a, we, had a, we had a we had a full lockdown. Then we started coming out of it. Uh, our prime minister yep. said, "Here's some vouchers to go to restaurants." And then we all went to restaurants. And he said, "Why did you go to restaurants? The virus is spread. We're shutting down again." So that's kind of what we right. went through. Uh, okay, cool. We had a brief return. We're we're kind of coming back now, all being well. Um, but okay, good. It was it was it was at the end of that sort of third lockdown yeah. that we started seeing NXT UK coming back, and we saw yeah. yourself, as you said, part of the, the Heritage Cup. What was the what was the energy and the atmosphere like being in the BT Sports studio then? Now that wrestling's coming that's, back, that's a great studio, and I hope they can keep that because that is such a great atmosphere in, in there. It's very. Everything is clean. Everything is nice. You have your own dressing rooms with a telly inside where you can watch the product uh, 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 when you lace your boots, stuff like this. So it's 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 very 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 cool uh, sports studio. And also, everybody was hyped. Everybody was really like ready to go. Um, everybody uh, was kind of like finally we're getting out of the house. And we go back to work and especially with the heritage car. That was something new and like especially the the week before. Uh, we had a lot of like training stuff where we kind of like trained the rounds and just, you know, uh, get into the material of what are the rules and blah, blah, blah. And especially for WWE was something new because they had, they, they didn't understand the rules. They, it's just been like, okay, it's like rounds. Okay, let's do rounds, but there's more to it. Mm. Like you, you need to have a clock. And then after, uh, before they, WWE want to have like this, like in UFC, like 10 seconds, you know? So, but usually it's like it's it's not like this rounds end and when when the pinfall is 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 gone or somebody like tapped then the round is over but they continue the round sometimes so and knowing and I we had the first round system match so from the production standpoint was was kind of like the first try of it and it was fine in the end and uh, it was fun to do and it was my first round match as well it was like a good experience especially with a guy like Noam Dar who's 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 really a great competitor really cool guy you know and very talented wrestler as well so it was a good experience so yeah uh, now um as terms of where things sit with you um as you said already you've not been released but you're just not being renewed is is the yeah. actual uh terms um when you when you worked the angle the other week getting beaten up by imperium did did you yeah. know this was coming no no i didn't know I thought the story will continue that um, I, I thought like, okay, there's like, oh, we talked about it. Uh, like we've just been, been very excited about cause uh, we could work again against each other in the ring. So we could like, you know, uh, kill the house so much just beating us up, you know? Um, but in the end it was kind of like, okay, so now I'm out of Imperiums. So probably they want to have sanity 2.0 but without ey hmm okay uh, let's see how that works out and so almost like just being ready just to you know alternate my sanity gear and just get some new stuff done and blah 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 which luckily i didn't um uh, and then that happens and i thought like yeah why not and also another situation was like when, when we talked to maybe you know uh that's that was something like we had we had like some little little stuff in there all the weeks that I always step in front because I believe I'm now the leader and now just you know it's kind of like in like when Walter is not there so now like we three kind of like not working as together as the the, the four guy or four person unit so 
you know, so some some little details in there, and in the end was kind of like, okay, so now I'm kicked out, so basically going to get a Killian again, or uh, staying in Imperium and then have this little fight between us, and then Walter comes and just, you know, clears our heads, but just uh, don't stay together, stay strong, whatever. But in the end, it's just, you know, I'm I'm happy how they did it, because it wasn't something like, hey, he's gone. That's it, no explanation. And I'm also happy that also I had my last match in NXT against Kyrdane and that my uh, two friends of Imperium could give me the farewell. So it was, it was, it was, whilst, was, whilst it was unexpected, it was fitting. Um, you've mentioned about sanity there and about the sanity gear. I can't help but notice, Axel, that over in Impact Wrestling, EY is doing something that looks a bit like smoking aces. I don't know whether yeah. you've picked up the phone and had a chat with Eric at this point. Is there anything there, uh, maybe? I, he reached out to me. He, he said, hey, sorry to hear, blah, 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 because, you know, um, I did it when he got released. So and we, we're still in contact. We're still good friends. Um, no, we just had a small chat, but nothing about, hey, come over to Impact and whatever. Mm. And, yeah, so basically what you see, Violent by Design is basically... EY's vision, what, uh, vision, what he had with uh, sanity as well. So a lot of things in there is basically all the material we couldn't use on NXT or main roster. Even though you're not part of it, it must be exciting to see it coming to life in some capacity. I, I I'm happy for EY. I'm super happy for him because um, I could see has his 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 passion for wrestling back. You've um, we're, we're nearly coming to the end of our time together, but you have alluded to a plan B. Um, in interviews, yeah. are you in any position to shed any light on what the plan B might be? No, uh, the plan B has nothing to do with a different promotion or anything. The plan B was for me that um, I was uh, luckily realistic enough to see, like, okay, it could happen. Not that I was, you know, aware of, like, okay, it will happen. This is this. It's like, it's always like it could be, you know, it could be over like this especially when the pandemic hit and then they had this first uh, mass release of like people. And I was, I was very, uh, I felt very safe in a way. No, I will not get released because I'm right now in one of the greatest stables, like in, in WWE and like Imperium and they want to split us up now. I, 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 they probably had some plans in the future, but whatever, how and whatever, when and blah, blah, blah. But, um, for me, it was always, okay, what if? And when when it would happen, I need to be prepared because you, it cannot happen and you kind of like standing there, you, you know, your pants are down and you kind of like, oh, what now? You know, so, and also I have um, the luxury of uh, no kind of like what to do in the ring. So I'm, I, I wrestled before. I wrestled uh, in WWE. I got better as a performer as a, so all like the knowledge I collected in those six years of gold and I will use in the future for sure. Um, but for me it was kind of like having something ready and that was for me just building up a lot of like connections. So um, how can I say it in the best way? I, I, I just met a lot of interesting people. I just be friends with a lot of interesting people. I know a lot of guys who knows a lot of guys, and this is how it works. You need vitamin C for connection in wrestling. And um, I reached out to a couple of friends. Uh, and then uh, also like a couple of friends reached out to me and just asked, uh, can I, when I can help you with something, 
et cetera, et cetera. So we'll see what comes up. We'll see what, what, what comes on the table. If anything comes on the table, but for me right now, like my plan B is just to go home and just uh, go back into the German wrestling scene and just, mm. you know, uh, get that hyped up again. Because I feel like in the last years when the majority of the bigger talent like Walter, et cetera, just left, uh, the quality of it just, you know, decreased as well. But that must be a wonderful, I mean, it's, 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 it's sad as sad as it is to see guys like like Walter leaving that scene. It's got to be exciting for you. Yeah. Like a, an appetite wetter to go, I want to get back in there and I want to. It's super exciting because, again, I lost, uh, uh, not I lost, I, I left Germany in 2015. And then 2016, this independent wrestling boom came. So I never had the experience of, for example, working progress. I never had the experience to working like one of the other shows or ICW, all like the bigger shows, like the, they, they draw all like the people in stuff like this. So, and I want to be a part of that as well. I want to make my name now uh, known on the independent circuit. You know, I, I have built up a brand six years in WWE, but that's um, good. But I want to build up myself like a brand on like the English circuit as well just you know you have so many great talents still out there they're not signed on their contract and just work with them and just perform like in front of like all the people who um you know want to come there and just you know you, you can connect with them again like even through the merch table maybe through the shows whatever and that's that experience I want to have this back I want to have this back in the way of like I'm free to work whatever I want, whoever I want. I want to make my own schedule. You know, I'm free as a bird. So let's see what you can do with that. To the German wrestling world, the Axeman cometh. Where can people go uh, to keep up to date with everything that you are doing, Axel? Yeah. yeah. And again, um, it could happen anything from now on or from, from the day after I got released because I just, uh, after I got uh, the message, uh, they will not renew my contract that um, I was immediately on the phone and just, you know, reaching out and just being very active. No, no time to cry, you know? So. Absolutely. Where, where can people go if they want to keep up with everything that you're doing, Axel? Again, please. Sorry, where can people find you online if they want to uh, see what you're up to, see what your next steps are? I know you don't like social media and stuff, but is, is that the best way people can keep up with you? See what you're doing? Yeah, that's... Social media is a necessary tool, so all good. Um, Twitter will be Xmen three zero sixteen. You can guess why three zero sixteen. And um, I try to change my Instagram handle. It's still the WWE Wolf, but when you type in Axel Xmen, you should find me. And I still have the blue check mark, so you know there's only one. <laughs> exactly. No, but Twitter, Instagram are the two social media uh, uh, channels I use, and you know. Well, I speak on behalf of everybody to say that we are incredibly excited to see what the Axeman does next. It's been a genuine pleasure to catch up with you. Maybe we'll meet each other in a mosh pit in 2022. Who knows, Axel? Who knows? (laughs) Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And... 
don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Podcasts from. 